0: welcome to the caring souls podcast this is the place to be if you are a mother a teacher a carer practitioner or someone who is helping children with disabilities. who wants to lessen your stress who wants to experience or find balance in your life and you want to find meaning in what you do so I am Dali Tampos Oxman I am a special education teacher a behavior analyst and a certified
1: wellness coach. That's with anything, even like um, if you're talking about volunteering. When I used to go with my church and we would go to certain areas like the Mission or Third Street Promenade and we give out food to the homeless, and some of the people would be racist and they didn't want to accept our food because we were black, or um, they would like just throw the food on the ground or feed it to the birds and i would just feel like well what is my point of coming here to give this if this is what they're going to do and why do we keep coming here every week if this is what they're going to do like Mm -hmm. let's go somewhere where people are going to feel you know like they're going to appreciate what we're doing or they actually need what we're doing because those areas are heavily flooded with people who know hey we know these homeless people are here we're looking for them and we're feeding them Mm -hmm. so they have a certain expectation of what they're receiving yeah. and not to say anything's wrong with that. I'm just saying my heart is more towards the people who are being overlooked. Yeah. So I'd rather be in a place where they're not getting what they need so that I can fulfill the need.
0: That is, yeah, that is a view. And then I just like go back to, because I know you, Tanisha, you are also an author. So yeah. Telisha is everything. And I, since we're talking about what you mentioned about, you're helping and then they're just throwing your things you write a book about color isn't what i who i am and just in connection to what you were sharing previously um can you tell us about this book and why, uh, what inspires you to write
1: this book honestly <laughs> my family has been trying to get me to write books since forever i like to write But I always thought of writing like, ah, that's just, you know, something I do just to be doing this. I never thought of it like this is going to be a career thing. I knew that I always wanted to write a novel, an adult novel. That was the extent of me thinking I'm going to write. This is not going to be a career. No, period. And what happened was when my son was about six months, I had stopped writing poetry and everything at this point because poetry for me, when I started writing poetry, it was a form of therapy. And if you look at my old poems, you see there's a lot of tears and sadness and anger. And when you see a poem from that time where I'm trying to be happy, it's like cat in the hat poetry. Like it's just, you know, the cat went in the hat. Like it's me trying really hard to be happy and this poem is not working. But when I was angry and sad, I was able to knock it out. And so I stopped for a long time. And then I have my son who just came in real quick. Um, I have my son and poetry came back and now it's a transition because I'm talking about God and his happiness and this transition that I didn't think that I could do. And these books are coming out, these children's books. So I actually wrote about six children's books, Color Isn't Who I Am, I actually wrote in 2016, but I didn't publish it until recently, and um, it was all God inspired. Everything that I did was, you know, God putting something on my heart. It wasn't something I intended to do. It wasn't something I really wanted to do, like children's books uh, outside of writing. I never thought children's books but, you know, God put that on my heart and um, the reason I chose Colors and who I am first was because of the times that we're in. Mm-hmm. I felt like it's very
2: relevant to what we're going through right now. That's true. I, I agree. I definitely agree. And I, I love the title. I would like for you to share more about it because I um, I'm not sure, Dolly, if it's the same with you from a, a Filipina background, but I know that with African Americans or, or with Black people, there's almost this idea that we have to have a kind of a monolith type culture, and we all have to act the same way and listen to the same music and eat the same type of food and that never <laughs> sat well with me and I don't know Tyleesha just you know let me know how you feel about it too because color is not who any of us are right. I love my color and I think that all of us love our colors but that doesn't define us so tell us more about the book like like tell just you know give me some info on this
1: okay so actually the book is not even intended for for um Older kids. It's more for little kids. And my initial idea for the book was for it to be like one of those little, like the books for the toddlers that are like blocks. Oh, not blocks, but they're like cardboard and they're really thick. But because I was a new author, every publishing company refused to do it that way. So I ended up going with the book. This is um, this is the book. It's not you. Oh, you're not even going to be able to see it because I got that background thing. Sorry. But <laughs> well, you can always Amazon,
0: an Amazon <laughs> and <Amazon laughs> Telisha's Facebook group, a okay. Facebook yeah. profile.
1: <laughs> so, I, I initially wanted to do the cu- the writing and the illustrations myself, and so I had all that done, but I didn't know how to digitize it. Mm-hmm. And when um, I submitted my artwork, basically they cut and pasted everything and I on blank paper and I was like what is this I was like is it are you guys are you guys gonna make this look better or this is what it's gonna look like they're like oh it's just gonna look like this I'm like so you just cut and paste like literally cut and paste my stuff and I was like no that's not okay so uh, I started the process I think in 2019 but because of the art that delayed everything and I had to get someone else to do the art. I was not necessarily happy with that. So this was a whole another situation in itself, but the book itself, what it's about is unity. Understanding the fact that there's not a difference between any of us based on color. There's a difference, Josias, you hear me? Um, You can take it down, sorry guys. Go take it down to your meaning. I'm in a meeting. I apologize. <laughs> um, and so it's about unity and understanding. Now, obviously the the main character is African-American because I'm African-American and um, I have a son and I wanted him to see himself represented in a book, his mom's first book, that was important to me. But there are other races that are being represented in the book. And it's just to show that even though we come from different mothers and fathers, we all have a responsibility to love on one another. We're responsible to live with one another, regardless of what our cultural backgrounds are. Um, Candace, when you asked about like the, the you know expectation of what we... What people, the box that people put us in. This book isn't necessarily about that because it's just a small message for little children. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that the early we teach our children, the more that they're equipped later on down the road. And even though it's a small message, it's a very impactful message to me. But if we're talking about that, I do think that that is, I really don't like generalizations that bothers me. I don't I think that is fair. And so like with me, um, I'm part Puerto Rican, but I did not know my Puerto Rican side because my mom was adopted. Although we we know our family now because we found them, but we weren't raised that way. So it's not a culture that I could say that I'm tied to. I'm more tied to my African-American side because I know it more, but it doesn't mean that I don't appreciate the fact that it's part of my blood. Right. but. To say that I can't, you know, mention that I'm Puerto Rican just because I wasn't, you know, raised with that family, or to say, oh, well, you don't even speak Spanish, so you're not a real Puerto Rican. Like those type of comments to me are annoying. But at the same time, it's annoying to me for someone to assume that I'm mixed. Why do I have to be mixed? Why can't I just, <laughs> why can't I just be black? Or why, you know, why sometimes um, applications say. Uh, you have to choose African American, but then it'll say non-Hispanic, but I'm Hispanic too. Right. It bothers me that there's there's exclusion and it bothers me that people place expectations on us or, or place us all in this box where it's like, oh we're black people all act this way. We don't all act that way. We're not all uneducated. And you know, it's just so many stereotypes. Like I said, my military career I will be honest about me being part of the stereotypes. I believed a lot of those things because that was the way that I was raised to have those own stereotypes about my own people. And being in the service helped me to see that all of that was ignorant. Mm. And without the exposure of getting to know other cultures, that's why you know colorism who I am is important to me because without being able to, to live in unity with other cultures, you're never going to know the truth. <laughs> you only know what you're raised to believe so people who are racist or you know have discrimination it's because they were raised to believe that and they've never been exposed to something different yes. and so unless you're willing to accept those differences or at least learn and educate your, yourself about them then it's going to remain that way and so color is isn't who i am targets the the younger child so that the the little child can mm-hmm. see hey I don't have to say, you know, I don't have to be black or I don't, not necessary, you know, not in that system. Maybe I'm not articulating myself <laughs> well, but I'm not, I'm not the color of my skin. I am an educated child or I am, you know, a doctor or whatever it is that you want your I am to be. I am capable, yes. you know, but at the end of the day, we all have to love each other. We're all God's children. And it is also a, a spiritually um base a spiritual base book so throughout the book even on the title you see scripture you know yes. in there so i have okay. scriptures in okay. there so that people can hopefully pick up their bible you know and look those scriptures up and be connected with god in the process
0: and it's just like nice to see because god never excludes anybody right if you look at in the bible he goes to the samaritan woman who is excluded supposedly was like he's including all of us and right. and I think this book is really time for all of us to like little children educating our little children and telling in their in their mind that we are all the same we have the same father in heaven it's our God and we are all one we are brothers and sisters oh my yes. god Tanisha, this is so amazing and we are going to like telling everyone about this book and they have to get for my nephews and nieces send it to the Philippines. <laughs> 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 so even though it's different because we have like also like different cultures and different yeah. corps understanding all of that. And, right. and it's very amazing. And um, I'm just like looking at is there, another thing is, um, Talisha, we just have to go back. Um, it, I know we talked so much during this and maybe we're talking for more than an hour already. I think <laughs> so. And if there is like, one thing that you want our listener to remember from this conversation what would that be
1: to include god like in in every little bit like um and it's still a process for me but in seeking him even when you are confused about something or not sure that you're hearing him you can pray for confirmation um and that's like when you ask me how do i know that i'm hearing from him It's because of the confirmation so one of the things that he kept affirming to me in the past few weeks has been take care of self first mm. so you know that that um a lot of people do the analogy where how when you're on the plane and they tell you to put your mask on first before you help your kids right I've heard I heard that so much at the conference but one thing that happened that has never happened in all my years of flying is the flight attendants on the way to the conference and on the way back stopped directly where I was at and told me to do that instead of them telling like the whole crew, like it was, they came to the seat and was like, make sure you put your mask on first before you help your child. And I thought that was interesting. I didn't really think anything of it until I got home and I started thinking about how many times that phrase was mentioned at the conference and how many times I've heard it in the past. And then the fact that this one particular weekend, the stewardess there and back said the same thing. And it's just like, okay, I it's confirmation that I'm working in the direction that I'm supposed to be doing because I'm working on building me up. And like I said before, my mission is to lead by example. You can't really, one thing for me is I can't really accept or respect somebody telling me to do something that they haven't already done or that they're not doing themselves. I'm just not going to receive that. Um, It's very challenging for me to like say, I, I would I'm married. I'm not married. But if I were married, I'm not going to a marital counselor who's not married or has never been married. What am I going to you for? Because you can't relate to what I'm talking about. Even honestly, I didn't, once my dermatologist told me she's never had acne, (laughs) I almost was about to leave, but she cared so much. You could tell she was very concerned about helping my face, and she went to go get somebody in there who had experienced acne personally to talk to me, and you know, she clearly was concerned about me getting better. And I was like, that was the only reason, like she was very nice. She was like very knowledgeable. But I was like, why would you tell somebody you ain't never had acne before? Because now I'm looking at you like, well, how are you going to help me, lady? You're not going to be able to help me. <laughs> so, um, it, it, but yeah, it's very important for me to, to show or walk the walk. You know, um, there's a lot of people out there that's telling you all kinds of stuff and then you find out in their secret closet they've done something else um so um
2: that's a big deal for me that's true yeah it makes sense too because if they were telling you to do something that they haven't done themselves how do you know you're getting reliable information you're probably not and then you're wasting your time you're wasting your money your resources your effort so i get it i wouldn't want to follow after someone who didn't well, you could talk a good game, but you <laughs> might not be walking it so. get <laughs> I get
0: Like, right. Okay, follow what I say, don't follow what I
1: do. You're right. right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I've I've noticed like just being a child myself. Um, there's certain things like before I had my son, I was very quiet in giving advice to parents because I felt like, well, I'm not qualified to tell a parent what they need to do now some stuff you would think is common sense (laughs) (laughs) I, (laughs) I, I had a family member that chose to teach her children how to spell by teaching them cuss words oh well that's what keeps their attention and I'm like what I didn't say nothing I'm like well you know that's none of my business I don't think it's right, but I'm not gonna say anything. Now, some stuff I might've said, like if there was, you know, I observed your child emulating certain behaviors I've seen you demonstrate in front of them, I would point that out. This is an observation as opposed to me trying to give you, you know, some parental advice. And it's, for me, I do think that sometimes there's validity in what someone has to say, because at the end of the day, we were children at some point and we recognized, hey, this was effective and this wasn't effective. And one of the things that I recognized as a child was my parents telling us, do as I say, not as I do. No, (laughs) because when I get older, I'm about to do all of that stuff you told me not to do. So uh, it's, it's like, that's always been in the back of my head. So everything I'm like, okay, well, I have to make sure that I'm doing this for the sake of my son. If I'm telling him this, he needs to understand why. This is why you're getting in trouble. I'm you're first I'm gonna give you some warnings. Here you go. These warnings, you didn't listen to it. Now you're getting in trouble. Okay, do you know why you got in trouble? I give them a chance to answer. You can't answer it. Now I'm telling you why you got in trouble. And so the next time it happens, you're gonna get in trouble again because I don't wanna have to repeat myself. But you know, back growing up in the 80s, it was you knew that look you get you know smacked across the face just doing something the one time and you just knew not to do it anymore you didn't know why you were getting smacked um in my household a lot of times we would get in trouble just because everybody else got in trouble like one person did some everybody's in trouble it never made sense it still doesn't make sense so (laughs) with my son it's really important for him to understand why he's getting in trouble and not Um, punishing him for something someone else did, you know, and helping him to understand just because I'm correcting you or are disciplining you doesn't mean I love you any less. It doesn't mean that you're a bad kid because he's been trying to make that, you know, that connection. And I'm like, no, you're not a bad kid. You're, you're a child that's learning. And what you did, you know, you disobeyed me. Mommy doesn't like that, but you're not a bad kid. You're just a child that's learning and I'm disciplining you because the Bible tells us to raise our kids in the way they should go. If I don't discipline you, then you're not going to understand what manners are. You're not going to understand what being respectful to adults, you know, what that looks like. And so it's necessary for me to show you how to do that because if I'm not showing you how to do that, then I can't expect you to do that. And, um, you know, I'll let him know and he will call you out on some things. (laughs) He's very vocal. And I was uh, telling Dolly, you know, I started schooling my son when he was one. So he already can read. He's about to be five this month, but he can already sight read and he can write. He can spell certain words. And um, he knows the states and the continents. And um, he can count to a hundred. Like he's about to be super advanced you know, over these children. Yeah. I'm kind of concerned about that because he, he's so bored so easily. I'm like, what am I gonna do? <laughs>
0: and what am I gonna teach next time?
1: <laughs> yeah, well luckily because it's an official homeschool course, it's not going to it's not going to be me creating the curriculum anymore. So it's whatever they they sent me all of the material. So I'll be working out of whatever they gave. me which oh, eliminates a lot of, you know, what am I going to do? And that's why yeah. he knows so much, because I didn't really know what, I'm not a teacher, you know, so I'm like, oh, you know, what should kids be learning? ABC, ooh, continents. Hey. <laughs> These are things I don't even know. I I might be able to list about 30 of the states without looking at a map, you know, right. yeah. Um, but I think that it's essential for him, you know, like, the the younger we are, the more we're able to retain. The older you get, it's like, what was I saying twenty seconds ago?
0: <laughs> what did they say earlier? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's um,
1: it's it's a process, um, and I think it's important for parents to be able to explain in as much detail as possible, even um. I started talking to my son the moment he was able to speak about sexual abuse Mm -hmm. and a lot of people, you know, I got a lot of flack about that, but I'm like, one, the earliest childhood memory that I have, I believe I was about two or maybe three when I told that I was being molested. I was that Mm -hmm. old and I can remember that. And so... That means that I can talk to my son that way so that he can understand, tell somebody. Mm -hmm. If somebody tells you it's a secret, you tell somebody anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, If they try to make you, which was what happened to me, if they try to make you feel like you like it or it's your fault or you're going to be in trouble, you're not. Mm -hmm. You tell your mom, you tell your dad, you tell tell somebody, I said, I would do whatever's in my power to protect you the right way because I'm not trying to go to jail because then that takes me from, you know, his life, which is- crazy. No, I'm not trying to kill anybody, you know, but I will protect you the best way that I can. Mm-hmm. And um I consistently have those conversations with him. I consistently ask him, you know, is anyone touching you anywhere? And just, you know, I hate the feeling of it, you know, because it was a family member. So then it's like you're afraid mm-hmm. um to have leave your child around family sometimes. Um, but I have the conversations anyway. They're hard conversations to have, but they're conversations that need to be had just like anything else, having manners. You don't wait until your child is a preteen to start trying to discipline. You don't wait till they're a teenager to start trying to discipline. Why? Because they're not gonna respect that anymore. Mm-hmm. If you never um, set a boundary beforehand and established who's in charge, then you can't expect to do that once they're at a stage where you've allowed it to happen for so long. It's just not gonna happen. And that you, you really don't have to be a parent to understand that you can <laughs> you can see that dynamic in a lot of you know the newer generations and the type of relationships they have with their children. It's not, you can't be your child's friend. You can be friendly, but you can't be your child's friend. Understand I'm the parent, you are the child. I might sometimes I do say because I said so and that's just because my son (laughs) listen I'll give you this one story and I might stop talking (laughs) so he's eating something I don't remember what it was and my mom tells him that he's being wasteful he didn't eat whatever it was and you know she I don't know why this is always the to go to thing that people say children in Africa are starving (laughs) I don't know why people (laughs) always say that but that was the story she went to. And he goes, well, are we in Africa? Are we Africans? And so me thinking about how I was born and raised, I was about to hop up and, you know, smack him across the face because that's just what I felt like needed to happen at the time. You're talking crazy. You talk crazy to my mom. And so she's like, no, let me handle this. And I was like, but mom, he can't be talking to people like that. Not no adult, not you, no, no way. And she's like, let me handle it. He has to understand why. And I was like, I know he has to understand why, but he needs to understand he can't be talking like that. (laughs) And so it was like a conflict because I knew he knew, I knew that he needed to understand why. But at the same time, I was like, you don't talk to adults that way. Like that was out of pocket, you know, (laughs) but you see that happening in, you know, certain situations and people are putting this on their TikToks and, the, you know, a matter of fact, I saw one kid and his mom on the news and the kid was talking crazy to her and cussing and, and I'm like, why is this being glamorized? This is a little child. Mm. Like, I don't remember how old the little kid was, but I mean, he was getting... the the mother is popular or has all this fame because her child disrespects her. And I was thinking, why is this okay? Why do you think that that's something that you want to make, you know, get likes and stuff for because your child is talking to you crazy. Like, that's not cute to me. That is not, that is not cute. It's Mm -hmm. like, I'm and, and you laugh about it, but I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because I don't even know what else to do. Like, what am I looking at here? Why is this even on the news? And then you wonder why when the child is a teenager Mm -hmm. that maybe they're hitting you or maybe they're just, you know, you have no control. It's because you never established control. And so there's a difference between being your child's friend and being friendly to your child. Friendliness is necessary because you want them to feel comfortable. You want them to feel safe. But being their friend is something different. You go go meet you some friends at the park, at school, whatever. I'm mommy or Daddy or you know whatever. That's it. You can come to me about anything. We can converse about anything. If you feel like Mommy is doing something wrong or I'm not doing enough of something, you can talk to me about that. It may not always go your way, but you can talk to me about it. You know, that's the thing that I've been teaching him that he's been struggling with because he wants it to go his way, and when it doesn't go his way, then something's
2: wrong. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it so. sounds like a, a great child. It sounds like you're doing a really good job with him. Thank you.
0: Oh, yeah, that's it's being a behavior interventionist, right, Talisha? <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, and that has helped tremendously. Trust me. Uh, when he had he had a, a moment of. Tantrums, like a a, a, uh, a season of tra- tantrums. And I was like, look, it, first of all, the job that I was at at the time, the, the home case that I had was so much yelling. The, the children, so my client had other siblings, but he yelled, they yelled. The dad was supposed to be in his office, but he'd come up and he'd yell, the nanny be yelling. And there's so much yelling. I will by the time I got home and my kid is having these tantrums I'm like I can't deal with these tantrums like I just can't do it and so There's the things one. that I learned and you know being a BI were very helpful in dealing with that it was something that I hadn't thought of because it wasn't something I was raised doing you know the way that we dealt with tantrums was we gonna give you something to cry about so <laughs> you get another whooping and now you're still crying. Like you you haven't <laughs> fixed the situation. You have enhanced the
2: situation.
1: Um, <laughs> so yeah, that that was uh one of the things that and I'll go back to what Candace said, you know, putting us in this box, you know, a lot of times I get flagged because I read the books, the parenting books, not all of them, but you know, quite a few of them, and I read the books when I was pregnant, and I went to all the classes because I wanted to experience it. Um, uh, I, I don't remember if you were on when I said I was 35 when I had my son. So even though I had experience, I felt like I wanted to just, you know, experience being a new mom. So let me get all the information I can. And so what I recognized is that some of the stuff that we were raised in our discipline, it works and some of it doesn't. Some of that other stuff does work. And that stuff that we say comes from another culture, but hey, if it works, implement it.
0: That's true, that's true. Yes. Felicia, we are doing so much fun and I know we can like, we cannot stop talking and we can continue talking, right? But then I know it's like we are here for more than our, thank you so much for your time. And I know it's just like, thank you, thank you so much Felicia.